Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, is the subject. My name is Steel Matt Hudson, also known as Jabba the Hud. And joining me once more in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. Since our first Canon Thrawn book was released a couple of years ago, people have been asking, hashtag, where is Eli Vanto? I know where he is now, but I also know where somebody more cooler is. Somebody more cooler, somebody cooler is. Here is Eli Vanto himself. <laughs> oh my word. We, <laughs> we are starting to get thin on those blogs, aren't <laughs> we, Jabba the Hud? You should see oh, some of the man. other obscure ones I've got. Oh, mate, that is that really is looking at the bottom of the barrel, ain't it, mate? How are you? You all right, dude? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, yeah, good, nice, chilled weekend. I watched England win the Cricket World Cup in a oh, wonderful you're a game. You're a um, I, don't, I don't mind a bit of the old um, gentleman's baseball, but um, I checked out the World Cup and the, the game on Sunday was the most ridiculous sporting event I've seen for a long time. You're kidding me, really? It was, it was incredible. Uh, for, a, for, for a game of cricket, which people may think, Ugh. It was the most exciting thing I've seen, sporting-wise, I've seen in a long time. But I also oh, wow. saw the uh, rewatched a prequel Strike Back little documentary and just kicked back a little bit. But how about you, Ooh. Count Luku? Oh, nice, 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 nice. I actually spent the weekend down in sunny Margate with uh, our good friend and good listener Isaac Pevy, and we actually. Do you know what? We actually played a wicked Star Wars role-playing game. It was yeah. a um, using the Edge of the Empire characters, which is from Fantasy Flight Games, a, mm-hmm. a Star Wars role-playing game. We actually um, did our own session with a, with a few lads. So uh, nice. six hours later, a few blue <laughs> milk cocktails and oh, beers, yes. mate, and, and an old-fashioned, mate. We were we were like loving life. It was absolute quality. By that, he but, means steaming. Oh mate, it was it was absolutely <laughs> absolutely spicy, right? Oh, and we're nice. talking, like you said, we're talking Vindaloo spicy. Wow. But 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 jabba da hud, jabba da hud, jabba da hud. I tell you what, I'm ready to do. You know what I'm ready to do, mate? Oh, go on. Shoot the galactic breeze. Yes. Well, let's talk some Star Wars. Let's put the cocktails down. Sadly, what's the word from the cantina? What's what's happening in the galaxy? Blygon Jin. Well, the elephant in the room, mate, is something little happened last week in regards to news. Star Wars show on YouTube unveiled the Sith Troopers, the red guys, the red Stormtroopers, which look absolutely sick. Well, they're debuting in The Rise of Skywalker. This episode nine, we're going to see those bad boys. And also at San Diego Comic Con, Con, sorry, (laughs) which is that that this weekend or is that the weekend Uh, after? I think it is this weekend. I thought it was the 19th to the 23rd, I want to say, which is this weekend. It's it's up really close, right? So people there, they're going to be able to get exclusives to the Sith trooper models there's a black series model there's a pop vinyl there's even the geeky tiki is going to be available for that bad boy now sith trooper mate sith trooper red dude right 
Not only, I mean, we've we've spoken like the, just the normal stuff. They look incredible. I think they're probably my favourite looking trooper of the sequel era. They look like a Praetorian guard um, and a First Order trooper and a Death trooper had a little baby. <laughs> had a few too many of those cocktails together. Yeah, yeah. And you've got yourself a Sith trooper. Can we chuck in an, an old clone trooper as well? I reckon there's a little bit of a clone tree, but we're talking uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah talking sort of the Clone Wars, because they've got the way that the yeah. the, the uh, shapes are angled and stuff like that. Yeah, big time. I it, Mate, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous looking trooper. I And the, the designs are great. Everything from like the lines on, on the uh, top of the helmet and yes. stuff and all the texture. It's, it's really nice looking. Now... The big thing to notice here is that the word Sith, the title Sith, is in there, right? Sith Trooper. And Kylo Ren is not a Sith. Snoke supposedly wasn't a Sith. Now, I'm not sure Sith has only been mentioned, from my understanding, once during the sequel trilogy. Is that right, Matt? Do you um, concur with that? I think it's pretty much when Kylo says, he says, the Jedi, the Sith, the rebels, all of them, you know, kill them all, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, time for it all to die. Yeah. And he says, and he says, like, uh, the Jedi, the Resistance, Snoke, right, and the Sith. He, he mentions them all separately, from my understanding. And it's just interesting that then, well, what, what, how did the Sith troopers come into it? Does this play into maybe the theme of episode nine? Has Kylo now, because we know this is like a year or two on yep. from, from The Last Jedi, episode nine, you know, has Kylo gone full Sith? Has he like, actually, you know, I'm full dark side, I'm a member of the Sith? Or is it to do with Palpatine, the Sith that don't die? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, these guys look phenomenal, and mate, I cannot have, I cannot wait to have a look at these bad boys and some of the action figures that are going to come out. But another little tidbit on on this topic is: you remember that that crazy poster we got a few months ago, Matt? Oh yeah, that we did a show about that. That poster, right? That's what we called it. That poster. That bad boy had red. Stormtroopers, we thought at the time, at the bottom of it, didn't it? it they, they, they pretty so, much took up the whole bottom of that poster. We, we already pretty much confirmed that 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 poster was legit. It was, it was probably at the early stages of like a mock-up for a mark, some like lane marketing poster or mm-hmm. something, or toy poster, something, something like that, right? And the red stormtroopers definitely stuck out because we didn't see that like anything in the trailer, but we also didn't see the Knights of Ren in the trailer. I think we've actually we we have seen it. I mean, when we when they say that was a teaser trailer for the Rise of Skywalker, that was definitely all it was because there is a lot in this film that we we have no clue about. And to see the Sith troopers, mate, I know it's something so tiny, but it bring like Disney and Lucasfilm, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing with their build-up to episode nine. Am I right? Slowly but surely is the word. Before I say anything about the Sith Troopers, I've got a, the other elephant in the room, which I want to I twist it right back to yourself now. 
what are they going to be doing? Because we saw the Death Troopers in Rogue One who look the bomb, and they didn't really do that much. Praetorian Guard looked great with fodder. You know, we've seen that, and we've seen uh, Sand Troopers uh, and Snow Troopers and all those, and they've been marketed. So, and but haven't really done too much. So the Sith Troopers are they just going to be there to look cool? Are they going to do something you know pretty awesome, or? You know, but they—is it just another cool-looking trooper, or are they gonna have something all meaty to do? I listen, right? We all love stormtroopers, right? Yeah. We all love stormtroopers. We all love clone troopers, and even you know, I like clankers. I like the droids yeah. in Roger, the prequel Roger. era. You know, I love a Roger Roger. I love <laughs> playing as those guys on um, Battlefront. You know, and I can't help but think. Though, you know, these guys are never doing, you know, crazy. I mean, all I can think of is Order 66. That's like when, and I'm classing them all all in the same kind of category. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your droids, clone troopers, stormies, and, and so on and so forth. Um, they're never doing anything super, super duper crazy, right? The story and the narrative of Star Wars pins on our characters yep. is character driven, right? It's not necessarily to do with the armies and whatnot, you know, and, and even, even then we have stuff like rogue one that oh, kind of yeah. shows that a little bit more, but even then it's all about characters. It's all about faces and it's all about stories and, and people. Um, and I feel like when you ask me something like that, you know, are they going to be doing something like some pivotal role in the rise of Skywalker? I doubt it. I doubt it. However, I do think they look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, hey, right, it, it, let's let's say the Praetorian Guards in in the uh, Last Jedi. I think that without those guys, that scene would be nothing. Just as just you know, you could say the same without Kylo and Ray, right? Without Kylo and Ray, that that battle doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? But they needed to be there to serve a purpose, like kind of like what you said in in the question, almost, you know. And I'm sure, yeah, these stormtroopers, these these Sith troopers, sorry, they serve a purpose. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just be white normal stormtroopers? Yeah, makes sense. Yep. And don't tell me, oh, it's to sell toys, mate. Have you seen how many toy shops are closing down left, right, and centre at Toys R Us? Or no, 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 no. They do not do stuff anymore to sell merch and to sell toys, right? That does not come into it. People want to make new designs. They want to keep things fresh. And, you know, if you're a creative over in Lucasfilm, you want to be pumping out new stuff and being like, well, I designed this. I think this looks really sick. And then the filmmakers are like, yeah, wicked. We we can can definitely use that in this film because it fits in with this bit of the story and so on and so forth, right? It's not just to make new toys right like there was you, you, when you think about it you could say there wasn't really a need for the um you, you know the ship in uh rogue one what was that called the ship um in rogue one not y-wing oh the b-wing it's not one the oh the, no, the u-wing the, the u-wings u-wing that's the right where the b-wings from yeah the u-wing they looked awesome U-wing. that was so good and we've not seen that in the original era beforehand, right? Yeah. We've not seen those. Um, they looked like they just came straight out of the original trilogy, which was kind of what the design is meant to do. 
but they did kind of serve a purpose for the crew. Could they have used a different ship? Well, yeah, of course they could have. But it's good to keep fresh designs out there. It ain't just to sell a toy. Because let me tell you something. In the UK, we have shops called like, you know, you. I guess in America, you have like Dollar Tree yeah, and stuff like Target, that. Walmart. Um, yeah, but well, no, specifically Dollar Tree. Because I know Dollar Tree is like more of a discount bargain gotcha, right. place. And I've been to one of those bad boys over in America. Bit rough, but you can get absolute bargains, right? And I don't judge anyone who's hustling and looking for a bargain, oh, right? Nice. And in the UK, we have stuff like um, home bargains, B&M and stuff. And some of the Star Wars toys in there, I saw this model TIE fighter, like action figure, like six-inch series or one of those, um, like the standard action mm-hmm. figure size. Like the TIE Fighter for one of those for four ninety nine, Matt. Four ninety nine for that for like fat off fat off TIE Fighter and a pilot that comes with it. I was like, I was tempted. <laughs> That's a bargain. I was tempted. I was like, I don't know where I'll put it. I don't know where it'll go. Don't tell the missus, but, but still. Yeah, don't tell the missus, but still. You can also get things but like Star Quest as well from those kind of places. But, um, uh, oh, dude. Yeah. Some of the knockoffs are pretty impressive. Um, the thing about the thing about merch I've been thinking about is. I've seen a lot of people saying, these are only there to sell merch. Where have you been for the last 40 years? George Lucas pretty much, the most of his money came off selling toys. Return of the Jedi, you know, that was basically there, made for toys. They've pretty much admitted it. This, that's not a slight on the film, but so much of that, the additions to that film were for the toys. The prequels, all this cool new stuff, toys, merch. It's not, it, this isn't a sequel trilogy ah disney are these awful overlords who are trying to milk the fans star wars and merch are like the ultimate partnership they always have been but as luke says toy shops are crumbling left right and center now so the kids don't play with toys as much anymore it's all it's all electronic gadgets and i sound like an old man but the need no, 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 the true. need for sadly, toys yeah, exactly but i remember playing with toys when i was a kid in the star wars toys but um turns into sith troopers now Everything Luke's just said is pretty much pretty much spot on. They look the part. I think they're going to play their own part. They're not going to be like Carlo Ren's equal or anything silly like that. They're going to do what they need uh, to do. No, no, but no. Um, they look menacing. And JJ mentioned clones in The Force Awakens. He's, um, maybe uh, maybe the Supreme Leader would be wise to get a load of clones or whatever he said. That's obviously not quite what he said. So I think, I had a, I had a thinking they may be clones because of how they looked. But then, where are they coming from? Like Luke said, like you said, Sith troopers. Carlos basically said the Sith are a bunch of punks. I don't want anything to do with those guys. So I really hope he doesn't do a you know, U-turn. I hope he doesn't come around and say, actually, these are my new friends. Here come the Sith troopers. I don't like the idea of him doing that because he's already got his helmet back after saying, let the past die, smash my helmet up. He's now got that back. Fine. I don't mind that because I think he looks awesome with the helmet. But... The idea of Kylo having Sith troopers, so who else would command Sith troopers, clone or not? You've got to think it's going to be Palps. And in that case, right. that then opens up a whole new can of worms because we don't necessarily think Palps Dude. is going to be corporeal and be physical. So is he kind of pulling the strings from the other world? Is he getting those um good, uh, those dudes on Camino to make more clones? I don't know, but why would... You know, why would Kylo call them Sith troopers? Snoke's gone, so let's call, ignore those. Hux... I can't imagine General Hux calling them Sith Troopers and some kind of uprising against Kylo. But I, I would love the idea of Kylo and the Knights of Ren versus the Hux and these like Sith Troopers and First Orders 
uh, stragglers against the resistance. So it's factions on factions. But if anyone who's read the Phasma novel, I know this has been going around the socials recently, but I read the social, um, the Phasma novel. You remember Cardinal, Captain Cardinal? He was Phasma's equal. Yeah, yeah. He's a red stormtrooper. He had red armor. He must be. Th- yeah. He must be thinking, come on. But now he's just another red fella compared to the rest of them. But you know, I still, I'm still rooting for you, Cardinal. But I think they look great. I think they're going to have their part to play. I'm not getting too worked up about it just yet because I'll be. We've all been burnt in the past for the merch thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. buy the merch thing because it, Star Wars has always been about selling as much as possible. So there's nothing that's changed there. But upon first viewing, they look awesome. They look incredible. And also, one thing to just briefly think about and i think i want to maybe just finish up on this topic it's something to just you know dwell on a little bit is that let's assume because my my senses are telling me these guys are related to palpatine in some way right um could not be the case but that's what my kind of gut is telling me maybe and if that is the case right they're they're part of the first order obviously, because they have the latest First Order designed helmets. Now, there are slight differences. There's more like a black mark that goes right in the middle and all of the other stuff that we uh, mentioned earlier, right? However, that would surely imply that the First Order and Kylo are well aware that Palpatine is alive. Exactly. So then part of me feels like, well, that can't be right, can it? Can it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're just a tribute to the Sith, or maybe, oh, mate, this film, <laughs> this film is just like it's starting, isn't it? Using me, starting. It's... And here's what here's and this one is on to purpose. here's one to get people's mind going. If they are, and like you say, we'll, we'll wrap up on this one in a second. But if they're clones, who are they clones of? Mm. Mm. You've got to have you've got to have a host. I know who they have clones of. Go on. Annie? <laughs> Lil, Lil Annie? <laughs> little, little Wattos, yeah. I wonder where those wings <laughs> came from and that sort of stubble. <laughs> Lil Annie? <laughs> Annie. <laughs> We're right, back with the impressions, I... guys. Ah, uh, Nubian. <laughs> that was so good, so good. Annie. All right, mate. Let's rock on, shall quality. we? Well, quality, Sith quality. Troopers, look the bomb. And guess what? The spice is strong with this one. We can't wait for this. A few months' time, The Mandalorian is coming out. Ooh. He's heading to D23 for a sneak peek. Lucasfilm have announced that they're going to host a, a pavilion on the show floor from August 23rd to the 25th. So, was that five weeks' time? Um, and this is going to... They, as Luke said, they're showcasing the evolution of the Stormtrooper, including the Sith Trooper. And also having a sneak peek at the upcoming Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. So it's 3.30, Hall D23 on Friday the 23rd of August. It's Disney Plus's first ever panel. I don't know what the sneak peek is. I'm hoping it's going to be an officially released trailer because that one it's on YouTube, gonna be a which is it's going to be a trailer, which we haven't seen, is a uh, that, that one got the juices going, man. So oh, and on mate. top of that, John Favreau's confirmed he's writing season two already. So season one's in the can. Season two's being written. We've got until November the twelfth to wait, but it looks like we're getting a trailer of uh, of Pedro Pascal kicking some Mandalorian backside. Dude, I think that's kind of like a given that that was going to happen. I I always thought to myself, you know, Celebration, they're going to want the rise of Skywalker 
front and center, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to live action, they want that to be the only number one trending Star Wars video on the internet and on YouTube that day and that weekend, which it did. It did that. Um, it did that and more. The Mandalorian, for, to, to release that officially, I think we're going to get a new trailer. We're going to get something that we um, haven't seen okay. uh, so far. I mean, there might be there might be some scenes, you know, that we've seen in, in these celebration yeah, yeah. stuff or not seen. And they're, they're going to release that as a trailer at D23 because that's all they're going to do. I would put money on the fact we're not going to get anything on the rise of Skywalker. I don't think we're going to get anything. I think Maybe we may get some a few images or, or something, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing Apart major, from yeah. that, it's, it's going to be Mandalorian-like at the front that's what they're going to be doing and that is from from you know the when i think of disney plus you know this seems to be the show that they're leading with this is their like front and center show yeah. this is their lead yeah. show disney plus original you know this is going to be this is going to be the one this is their show um but yeah that's my thought i i'm also thinking this mate cool. you know there's there's eight episodes right the mandalorian mm -hmm. You know what I reckon? I have a feeling they might they might do four episodes before and four episodes after the rise of rise Skywalker. Of Skywalker, interesting. I, just, cause I have a feeling it probably will I be actually because it starts on the twelfth. So let's imagine you get one of the twelfth. Let's say uh, the nineteenth, the twenty sixth, and then maybe like the third, the fifth of December. They might then take a pump the brakes because they've got the rise of Skywalker. Give it a week off, two weeks off, and then come back again. So you might be sure. right there. Sure, I mean it makes that's that's kind of what I see in my head. I could be completely wrong. Maybe you know by the rise of Skywalker, it calms down a little bit in the cinemas. It might be too long to then resume the season break. I I don't know. I don't know. But then people love to binge seasons yeah, don't they yeah, yeah. so that'd be interesting watch this space just a little thought just a little did, did thought you hear how much space. each watch episode is reportedly costing it's i i don't know specifically but i know that it's the biggest show of all time is that right pretty Most much expensive show i of all time. saw a uh, news report um shout out to the anonymous report because i've forgotten who it was but they are saying <laughs> 15 million bucks an episode which is a 40 million dollar oh, budget which wow. is most, which is more than most kind of, I say independent, by independent, I mean sort of, you know, bigger independent films. That's more than a lot of studio films I get. So um, I'm expecting them to look inc incredible. What we've seen so far looks, it doesn't look like the television of old. This looks like cinematic uh, television and bring it on, man. Not long yeah, to wait. It's true. It's true. I am so pumped for The Mandalorian. But something else I'm really pumped for is actually one day, maybe next year, we're not sure, going to Disney World or Disneyland, California. Yes. And experiencing the amazing, the rise of the Resistance ride, the <laughs> flagship ride, which I have no clue why they didn't open the land without that, but that's a different, that is a different conversation. Don't get me started on that. But... <laughs> Anyway, they've they've officially come out and announced when those uh, rides will be happening. And actually, we got a question on Twitter um, from Paul Buckle, which kind of relates to this. So I'm just going to read that first. So Paul Buckle on Twitter says, I've seen the first TV ad for Walt Disney World Galaxy's Edge on UK television and thought I'd pop into my head. 
When it opens on the 29th of August, do you think the sequel cast will be at the forefront of the dedication ceremony, like the original cast at Disneyland? He added, since I opened Disneyland's park, it came across as if the entire land is geared naturally toward the sequel trilogy. So when the OG cast opened it, it went a bit Roy Walker. It's good, but it's not it's right. Good, but it's not Still right. loved it, though. Thoughts? It's good, but it's not great. Um, <laughs> thoughts? Okay, so first and foremost, Rise of Resistance. I should have just said the dates then and there. But anyway, we make mistakes. We're, we're not perfect. The Rise of the Resistance ride. Um, yeah, so it opens in Florida first. Yep. In December of this year and in california a month later january 2020 that's weird isn't it that's weird it, it kind of, it's weird how they, yeah they've they opened they opened california first with smugglers run then we get disneyland yeah, disney world florida galaxy that opens in the at the end of august then four months later we get in rise of the resistance in florida and in california yeah. a month later and as Isaac said a few months ago, Florida gets the biggest footfall out of both of them. So it's a very weird schedule in how they've done it and why they why they didn't just bring out Rise of Resistance because there was a rumor that Rise of the Resistance was going to be um, was going to be dropped in August in Florida. But obviously, maybe no, 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 maybe there's issues or health and safety issues or something going behind the scenes that they've got to iron out. But um, I can see why yeah. they do it that close to the Rise of Skywalker, but. It just seems sure. that they're going to have yeah, two Galaxy's Edge parks, both missing their main attraction. I know it's not the end of the world, first world problems, because it's coming out at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, like you say, the scheduling, one in December and then California a month later. It just makes me wonder why aren't they just doing it at the same time? If somebody out there knows why, do let us know in case we are just jabbering. But it doesn't seem right yeah, to me. It's, it's, it's one of those things. I, I feel like I don't know quite enough about to make any conclusions or, or give you guys enough information on. Right, because it seems odd to me. There could be some real like valid reasons. Um, but as for Paul Buckles, a uh, great question on Twitter. It, I see what you mean with with the OG cast opening up in California. Um, when it comes to the Florida one, I'm not sure if the opening ceremony is going to be quite as a big deal because Galaxy's Edge has already opened. It's opened in California, mm-hmm. and it's not a different park. It all. Hang on. It's not a different planet, the one in Florida. It's the same same planet, the same story, the same things happening. It's pretty much like a mirror image. So I don't know why you'd make a bigger deal for that. Wouldn't it be awesome if the opening ceremony was exactly the same as the one in California, even down to the malfunction? (laughs) Yeah, that would be perfect. (laughs) It turns out it's just a video they're playing. It's a mirage. I kind of can't see them getting many people, especially from the sequel trilogy, because... A lot of the sequel trilogy people are from the UK anyway. I'm probably filming over here at the moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe. Watch this space. They they could like pull out of the bag and get like John Boyega there, which would be sweet. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I am loving Galaxy's Edge at the moment. I'm loving seeing it pop up in my Instagram. Yes. And also, you did just a little plug. We have launched our new Star Wars Sessions Extra show. So go listen to that and Matt's uh, first uh, interview with Anakin and his angel on Instagram. That's, uh, is it Jen? Jen Marie. Legend. Jen Marie. 
absolute legend. They did a cheeky little interview all about Galaxy's Edge. So that's on whatever you're listening to right now to the show, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, whatever. Yeah, go and listen after this, of course, to Star Wars Sessions Extra with Matt's interview all on Galaxy's Edge. It really is good fun. Thank you, mate. I had a good time doing it. So uh, I agree. Having Galaxy's Edge pop up everywhere now is just, it, it makes me a little bit sad that I can't go now because I want to go right now. But in, in terms of Paul's question, when Rise of the Resistance opens in December in Florida, that is basically two weeks away from the Rise of Skywalker prem- premiering. I wonder, could, would it be such a bad idea to get as many of that sequel trilogy cast out there to Florida? December the 5th, two weeks before the film starts, to really tighten the, the marketing screw now. Not, like you mentioned, the park is the same, but this is the first time that Rise of, of the Resistance, which I'm assuming plays into the Rise of Skywalker or the sequel trilogy somehow, why, can't, why not try and get Daisy there? Why not get John there? Why not get Oscar there? There's no chance Adam Driver's going to turn up, but um, I'd love to see no. those three. There. And I mean <laughs> that in the nicest way possible. I love that man. He, as we as we all know, he's a beefcake. But I, I wonder if they can't get those three there to open up the flagship ride two weeks before one of the most anticipated films of the decade comes out. I think I think they should just go for it. I liked the opening ceremony. I can see why they got the OG out. Obviously, it did feel a bit catchphrase at times. If you, when you when you think about it like that, but I had a good time with it. But I'd like to see personally them get some of the sequel guys out there because this may be their last run together as a team so why not you know give them someone like galaxy's edge as well give them a few more few more publicity shots together so i'm all for that but i'm also all for actually just going on the ride apparently it's an immersive experience and you're right in the middle of a battle between the first order and the resistance and you get um recruited by ray and general organa you get captured then you got to fight your way out of the base and kylo's stalking you it sounds awesome it, it sounds incredible, but again, I just don't get why you would open your expansion without that ride working. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But you know, I'm not a Disney guy here. I'm not. I'm not a Disney expert or anything like that. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about it no. or anything like that. But I just don't understand it. But there we go. There we go. Swings and roundabouts, right? Exactly. Next week on the show, we've got Disney CEO Bob Iger himself coming on to discuss that with us. So um, if you're <laughs> listening, Bob, come on, come along now. So that's Rise of Resistance. And thank you very much, Paul Buckle. You're an absolute lad for sending that question in. Final final little bit of news is uh, only a little bit of news, but it's about uh, Cassian Andor. Diego Luna, he said that playing Cassian in Rogue One left a very deep mark on him. And me too, because it still gives me the feels thinking about it. And Cassian, the Cassian Andor show, let's not forget, they're, they're doing a Cassian show, and it's, pro- and it's probably mm. coming out probably next year, in 2020 at some point. Uh, but obviously nothing's known about it yet, other than Diego Luna's coming back, Alan Tudyk's coming back, and that's about it really. So Diego Luna, he told Sci-Fi recently, Sci-Fi Wire, he said, when I first saw Rogue One, I was so disappointed at the, at the end. But not because of the film, but obviously because that was the end of the journey. Himself and Felicity Jones slashed, you know, so they got the Death Star plans off Scarif and then um, General, and then Grand Moff Tarkin, you may fire when ready, blew them to pieces. And then that was it. He had, to, he had to explain it to his son that, you know, that's the kind of way this film went. That, you know, I did my bit and now we're gone. And now he's coming back. So it was just nice to know that uh, 
Diego Luna loved playing Cassian that much. And I'm looking forward to the series next year because it could. I'm, I'm hoping for like a James Bond-esque type thing where you get, but not not like the the sleazy charmer, but like the kind of the espionage and the spy side of it because it's going to be behind enemy lines the whole time. They're at the the fledgling rebellion will all be small. Yeah, they'll be in, they'll be in the Empire's world, so they've got to you know it'll be a bit like Jedi Fallen Order where you've got to live in plain sight, hide in plain sight. So I I threw this in because I I love that man Diego Luna, and also just nice to just nice to remind everyone that there is a Cassian Andor series coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I mean I'm looking forward to the Cassian uh, show. You know, I'm not buzzing for it. A bit like. I feel probably similarly to how um, I felt when they announced Solo. In fact, I am looking more f- uh, forward to Cassium because it suits the TV format or yeah. the show format. But I do – part of me thinks, like, it, it's not needed. It's not needed. Whereas The Mandalorian, it's, it's purely original storytelling. So I feel way more excited about that way more excited about that and it's also set during a period we've we've never seen anything before apart from in comics a few books and resistance tv show which isn't my favorite i still need to give a a, a bit of a chance (laughs) to i've seen a few episodes and i actually saw a couple weeks ago the episodes uh, that lead up to the destruction of um hosnian they do get better yeah, it's a bit it like Rebels season one. They do get better in a bit. They, they, it's for kids. Fine, I get that, and I enjoyed it. I don't sure. mind that. But they do get better. The, the 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 introductory episodes are, you know, a bit like again a Saturday morning cartoon, which is the whole whole point of Resistance. But they do get better, especially those kind of last four episodes when we when we actually start to see Star Killer and you know the a, the tiny little bit of backstory on Star Killer is handled really sure. well. Sure. Yeah. I, I... I think the season season two it'll be a bit more spicy. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Just I, like with everything, I think so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that wraps up our news. Am I right? I pretty much. Just want to give a quick shout out to those reshoots happening in Black Park uh, in Berkshire over here in the UK until September. So we've got X Wings about an hour around the corner from me and Luke. That's obviously reshoots of the Rise of Skywalker. Hold on to your pants and your hats. Reshoots are absolutely perfectly normal for any film. There is no trouble there, but yep. So they're over here in Black Park in the United Kingdom, re- filming um, unknown scenes, but it's all cordoned off. But um, maybe a bit of session mm. surveillance one day. But they're over here. Yeah, we'll keep you posted on that bad boy. So that takes us into our main discussion for this week's show. And long story short. I stumbled across an amazing comment on an article on Star Wars News Network. Big shout out. We get a lot of our news from there. It's a phenomenal website, SWNN, Star Wars News Network. And there there was this article on there. And the comment was from someone called Geno10388. I don't know if they listen to the show or not, but I saw this comment and I just, I I had to talk about it with you guys on the show because I want to know your your feelings on this. And we do have some of you guys' opinions on this. Anyway, the comment goes like this. It says, so I wanted to see everyone's thoughts on the Death Star wreckage and where it's located. Watching the episode nine trailer over and over, it looks more like the wreckage is actually on Acto. Could this be the reason why Luke truly went to this planet? 
Was he there, aware of Palpatine's presence, and somehow was perhaps keeping Palps from leaving the wreck? I feel like this could be something. And interesting to hear other thoughts. Smiley face. Now, that, I read that comment and I was blown away because I went back on the trailer and I was like, the fact that, ignoring the fact that this feels, like my my first instinct tells me that this is Mm far-fetched. But when I look on the trailer and I see that scene where you see the the Death Star wreckage, you know, I don't think it's super far-fetched. I'm like, do you know what? That could be Acto. Mm-hmm. That could. It, you know, and it could be. What if it is just you, you know when when the Death Star explodes, and we're assuming this is Death Star Two, right? Because yeah. that's the well, that's the one where you see in the sky, you see there's lots of part, like big parts flying about. Okay, from from the explosion. And there's someone actually on Google that have pretty much like figured out what part is the one we see <laughs> in the rise of uh, sky. It's like the biggest chunk that, that explodes, right? And that's not heading toward the ground, toward Endor's atmosphere, I, I don't think. So what if Acto's actually a little closer to Endor than, than, than we think? Now, listen, I, I know there's there's been some comments already on you know the missing puzzle bees, for example, in the Force Awakens, yeah. and there, there's a map that takes you to the galaxy, to this bit in the galaxy. That bit of the galaxy was not unknown. There's like this perfectly square, or well, not square actually. That's a stupid thing to say, but there's a shape. A big chunk of the galaxy is missing, right? The last puzzle piece. That's not to say that the the map, the galaxy, just had like that bit of space just like missing from the archives mm-hmm. and they just ignored it. That's not what it was, right? It was actually, there was a planet that wasn't recorded in that chunk of space. Just like, and, and here's a great, great example uh, when we've seen this before in our, in our amazing saga is in episode two in Attack of the Clones. Camino, Camino yes. doesn't exist. It's not on any we records. lost a planet, Obi-Wan It's has. been deleted, right? And there's like millions of planets in star wars that can happen again so what if acto is really really near endor i thought it was a great question matt what are you thinking mate well i know uh, luke thought it was a great question because my email went bing and it was um master blywalker hey oh my god i found this awesome comic and it was and i read it i was like yep yeah, we, we and he said let's talk about this I'm like, yeah we'll talk about it this this is this has potential because like i say if it is true what could you know where what, what are the possibilities if it isn't acto where could it be it opens up so much discussion firstly shout out for keep for everyone calling him palps i'll never go over that but um it looks like acto <laughs> that's the first thing i'll say if you go back and look at the trailer uh, that moment where they see the Death Star wreckage, which is an immense piece of the trailer, it seems to have like a very grey filter over the scene. I think, anyway, it looks very in my head. It looks like there's a filter, like a desaturated look to that uh, image, where the grass doesn't look overly green. The the, the water sure. doesn't look. The water looks grey, and I know this is a galaxy far, far away, and that could just be mist spray, whatever. But it looks. A bit desaturated, and I think if anyone just quickly went onto Photoshop and did a bit of colour correction, it would look even more like Arcto. Because I put um, on the socials, which we'll get into later on, uh, a picture of that, and also Arcto as well. And it doesn't look a bit, it doesn't look, you know, there's there's an argument to say that just visually, 
you could you could see why somebody would come up with this. And Arcto is listed in the unknown regions. Endor is the outer rim, but Endor is actually listed. It is listed on the at the edges of the outer rim, which is sure. which isn't a million miles away from the unknown regions. Yes, I looked at a galactic map because I'm that sad. But um, absolute gangster geezer over absolute here. Gangster. But um, so it's, it's, we don't know where Arcto is on that map. So there's nothing to say that. And that didn't just blow off into blow off into space and just keep on going and then eventually settle down in, into Acto. But like I say, if it was true, firstly, why was Luke there? What was he preventing and how was he doing it? Why mm. didn't he tell Ray? Uh, but does his sacrifice in the last year? This is this is theorizing that this is Acto. Would his sacrifice now mean more, knowing that he had to choose between saving his family and mm, hope, essentially? Or holding back the evil from on Acto, it's is so it, 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 whether or not you believe it's Acto, it certainly opens up some possibilities. Mate, my mind is just going crazy right now. <laughs> I I still you know this theory just seems really awesome to me. It just seems really cool, and it would just add to that layer of why Luke was an actor and why he couldn't leave, why he needed to force project himself onto Crate. It's just it it would be another thing that would make Luke Skywalker even more awesome than he is mm-hmm. after the Last Jedi. So good, and um, what if he knew he found out that Palpatine was there when when Snoke was corrupting Kylo's mind. Mm-hmm. He figured out well what what is the source of all, all of this, and he maybe found the Snoke and Palpatine thing, and he figured out that Palpatine's actually on this Death Star wreckage. It trekked him back to the first Jedi Temple, um, and that's actually where where um, Palpatine's is, and Luke is protecting the planet. He's protecting. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's far fetched, and and don't get me wrong. A big part of me feels like this is. I just thought it made for some great conversation. It really and I, does. And, yeah, and actually, there's not a lot that is against the theory. Like, there's a lot of theories where you're just like, "That's that's ridiculous. That's stupid. That will never happen." But this, I don't know, man. I can get on board with this. You know, if it was I really this, can. I think it would be a an immense twist. I think. I mean, like you've said. The, there is that big part of me that thinks, no, this is either Yavin 4 or Endor. If anything, if anything, it would be Endor. But, um, and I think, uh, because the, um, sorry, but the shot of Leia holding the Yavin 4 medal kind of blurs that slightly. And it may, that may have just been on the Falcon. I, I can't imagine it would have been thrown away after the throne room celebration in A New Hope and just left on the Yavin 4 floor. But if it's, I, I would, out of, out of the three, I'd still put my money if I was a betting man. I'd put it on Endel. But, you know, Luke didn't seem to be doing that much Jedi stuff on the planet, just milking the old sea mm. cows and doing a couple mm. of chores. He cut himself off mm. from the Force. Was that to channel it entirely to, you know, holding back the palps? About the dance of the song then. Um, no, So therefore, no Force users could detect <laughs> either of their presence because he'd clouded himself off. Or, or was it simply because the Death Star isn't on Arcto and we're pulling at straws? But... This is what I mean. It's there will be resistance to this theory. A lot of it will probably come from the fact that Acto is probably billions of light years away from Endor, but that hasn't actually been confirmed. And it's one of those things. It hasn't. Is it whilst it hasn't gone, been confirmed? 
That, that was it. Whilst it hasn't been confirmed that actually Endor's at the bottom of the galaxy, Upto's right at the top, there's pretty much 0% chance it could have gone around the galaxy, for want of a better term, and landed on Akto. But until we get confirmation of that, all I know is Akto's, is Akto's in the unknown regions. We don't know where in the unknown regions because they're called that for a reason. Endor's on the outer rim, on the edge of the outer rim, and, you know, it looks a bit like Akto. There are sticking points. Why wouldn't Luke tell Ray? I guess, why would he want to tell her? Maybe he wants to keep it an absolute secret. But So there are well, there pros and cons. But when I first read it, I thought, I like the theory. It, I, let's talk about it because it gets so much possibilities. But I wasn't sold. But the more I've looked into it and the more I've looked at pictures of Akto and looked at the trailer image, there's nothing... There's no reason it can't be, I think. Do you know what, mate? I, and just going back to, to your thoughts about, you know, whether it's located in a different place on, on maps and stuff yeah. like that. I always remember this quote from Pablo Hidalgo who says, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to canon, the films come first. Yep. The films always come first, even if there's a contradiction from, from previous content or future content. The films come first, right? They are gospel. Once the films are released, that's it, done. It's dusted. Mm -hmm. That's fact. And they can always change where a planet is on a map. Like, I don't know about you. I I know that, um, I roughly know that the Coruscant's in the middle, right? I know that Tatooine is in the outer rim. And then everything else, I can't be faffed with. I don't look at the Star Wars galaxy. (laughs) I don't look at a Star Wars galaxy like I do like a, um, a geography map, right? Because they're they're making up planets left, right, and center that are popping up every now and then, which people are fine with, right? So why couldn't they move a planet? Yeah, mate, mate. Honestly, honestly, in years to come, the films will still be here. They'll still be canon maps, and you know, I, de- I hate to say it, mate. Some of the canon material that has been made right now in the last few years won't be canon, or or there'll be contradiction to it and stuff like that, right? Absolutely, that's just how things work. That's how things work, and yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. So I think this could legit happen. Right. Question for you then: We're sitting in we're sitting in the um, in the theater on opening night or the Saturday night. You're sitting there, right? And they go to that shop. And then sure. Poe Dameron turns around and says, "Wow, Octo's empty." So they they finally realise it's Octo. What are you thinking? If that ends up being Octo, what do you think you're going to feel? Because it will come out of the blue. But would you would you like it? And now you seem positive. But if they came out and said, "This is Octo, and this is why it's Octo, and this is why it wasn't mentioned in TLJ," are you on board of it, or would it be too much dude, like cramming dude, it in? Dude, I'd love it. Nice. I'd love it. I'd be all over that. I'd be all over that. And if it could add, you know, to the, to the whole story, to the whole saga in a productive way, in, in, a, in a meaningful way, then, dude, I am on board. But, you know, we're just two guys who shoot the galactic breeze on a weekly British Star Wars podcast. What do we know? Yeah. Um, the likelihood is it's not going to happen. And it's not true. It's probably a new planet. But. I I saw that and I couldn't help but fall in love with this theory. I thought it was absolute quality. No, I like it. And uh, all we listeners out there, be prepared in the years to come. We're going to have more stuff like this where it's just 
oh, I saw this quote online or I saw this in a magazine. Let's just talk about it because it fuels the best kind of conversation because it, like, see, these, these kind of curveballs get people thinking because I had ne- I, I didn't see that trailer and first think, that is Arcto. I mean, I, I admit that I never once thought, oh, that's Arcto. I didn't know where it was. So I just, I was too dumbfounded by what I was seeing. And I knew sure. that within about 30 seconds we were going to get the title. What I didn't realise is we were going to get... Um, Palps cackling away just to put the icing on the cake, the twenty uh, seventh bacon cake. Shout out! Um, but um, I, t- I didn't think it was Octo before. It just didn't resonate with me. I've looked at the pictures. I'm going to color correct it because I'm a nerd, and I want to put it side by side of Acto. If it was Octo, as long as JJ can say why it wasn't mentioned in the Last Jedi, or there was no kind of, and um, I don't, they don't need to mention things. They don't need to, you know, modelly colour and say and have Luke say, oh, look, by the way, don't go over there, that side of the planet, blah, blah. But um, it would be you'd think it'd be something he said, but Ray also picked up darkness on the island and not just that weird cave. It may, but Maybe it was more. But um, maybe we're speculating irresponsibly, but to be honest, who cares? Because we are five months out from the film. We're having some fun, man. This is what it's all about. We could be blown out of the water. We could have a theory which trumps this completely. Uh, and completely knocks us out of the park. But this is the fun part of it. It's just speculation. If it is Octo, I love it as long as they can do it well. If it ends up being Endor, rock on as long as I can see an Ewok or two. Yes, I've mentioned before I'm adverse to them at taking down the entire Empire. But who doesn't want to see... You don't want to see an Ewok running around, maybe cuddling Finn's or Finn or Poe's leg or something like that. So um, it's, a great, it's a great bit of... It's a great comment, and I love this, because this isn't one I've seen before. And it's somebody thinking outside the box. I don't mean to sound patronising or anything silly like that. But it's somebody thinking outside the box and coming up with For something sure. new. For sure. I still, I, I still think they're not going to Endor. I think if this is an Acto... I don't think that I I don't think it's Endor, and I feel like when a planet in Star Wars looks a certain way, like Mustafar, right? It's a lava planet. Whole the whole planet is filled with lava, yep. right? Acto, it's islands and a lot of sea, mm-hmm. right? Coruscant, it's a giant city. Okay, planets in Star Wars rarely have more than one biome. Yep. On one 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 type of weather, so on and so forth, right? It looks that scene in the Rise of Skywalker trailer where the de- you see the Death Star. It doesn't look like Endor. It just doesn't. Not the Endor we've and, seen. No, you're right. No, and especially because Endor's not big. It's a it's a moon. It's a forest moon. It's not that big. And again, you look at it in in the films and stuff. I can't see a sea in there. Even like in Battlefront, when you when you explore Endor and Battlefront One and Two, the new ones, you don't really see anything a clear. No, I mean, I say a clearing. It's a massive. It's a massive planet, of course, or a planet, but it doesn't seem to fit. But and oh. and and dude, listen, it's called the Forest Moon of Endor. Oh. Not not the forest and sea and 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 like a, a grass plain. No, no, no. It's called the Forest. Moon of Endor. This planet is either Acto or it's a new planet. Something's just come to me. I'm, sta- I, I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it. That Death, that Death Star's in the sea. Ray and Kylo yeah. have a fight on what looks like the Death Star wreckage. Could that be where they're going to have their fight? Oh yeah. Could it be on Acto? Oh, if it yeah. is Acto, yeah, yeah, could yeah. they come? For- could they have a- be fighting on Acto? I I I reckon it's on Acto. 
Well, I reckon. Or, or the new first. planet. Or, or, the, or the new planet. I, I Again, I'm not convinced at all that it's Endor. I think if it is, I'd be really surprised. And it's on a crevice of Endor where there's no forest, despite the fact that it's <laughs> called the forest moon of Endor. And Endor's um, a gas giant. Yeah, actual, actual Endor. Yeah, it's, so yeah. it's a gas giant, isn't it? So it's not on there. Maybe it's in the planet near it. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, um, dude, dude, the potential in episode nine is so delicious. Mate, I can't wait. I've got the stupidest grin on my face because it's so exciting. I know what I know. Whatever JJ, Chris Terrio, Kathy Kennedy, Bobby Iger serve up to us is going to be the most delicious pudding I've ever had. But it's so exciting to speculate about it. And because do you know what, Luke and myself, if you haven't heard, we have fun. We speculate, but if none of this is true, we are not going to come out and put foul mouthed obscenities all over the internet, telling everyone Disney drew in my childhood. Because our, the, these fun little bits of speculation didn't come true. It's just the fun of it. And if, like I said, if all of this is absolute hogwash, then so be it. But the fun is in, the, is in where our minds can go. And I never know I could actually have uh, detailed creative thoughts like this. So thank you, Luke, for mate, being out with mate, me. Mate, 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 mate. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. <sighs> that is the sweet nectar... Of episode nine. <laughs> what the heck are you doing then? <laughs> I thought it was smoking something. I was like, what's Luke? <laughs> no, no, I was sipping. I'm sipping lad. on a Brummy Stout Ooh. from the Birmingham Brewing Company. If anyone follows us on Instagram, I've posted a story of the can. Look them up. It's great. I'm going to there try, we go. I'm going to try one soon <laughs> just... on your recommendation. There we go. There we go. Anyway. Right, moving forward, we actually got a voicemail, didn't we, Matt? We did indeed. We actually received a voicemail this morning on the day of recording from the boss lady, from Genevieve on Instagram. Shout out uh, to a regular listener and a big Star Wars fan. And it kind of links into the discussion in a way, because it's about the sequel trilogy and whether or not it's connected all that well or is it connected well. And we've just been talking about um, the Death Star on Acto or is it not on Acto? Which lends itself to connectivity. How does it connect the three trilogies or the sequel trilogy or the prequels to the sequels and whatnot now? So um, let's hear it. So Genevieve, if you wouldn't mind, take us away. Hey guys. So I was just talking to a friend of mine about um, just in general what thoughts we have for The Rise of Skywalker, what direction it's going to go. And it made me think of a few things particularly in regards to criticism of the sequel trilogy. And that's that people seem to have a problem with the clarity of the story. And I'll give them that. It's a, I think the big question is whose story are we telling? It's not, it seems like Ray would be the obvious answer, but not necessarily. It could be more Kylo's story. And I think just the title rise of Skywalker lends some credence to that. However, I was saying that people want to make that a sequel trilogy problem, but it's kind of a Star Wars issue in general. You have, to, in my opinion at least, in the two trilogies that have already been released, the third movie is always the strongest because that is when everything comes full circle and things are explained for the general audience. But Star Wars has always had a tendency to be the kind of movie where, or the kind of film franchise rather, where you take what's on screen and what's happening 
in the three hours, two hours of the movie at face value and that's it. Or you go out, you do your own homework, you read the comics, you read the books, you watch the shows and kind of build the universe up for yourself. It's not something that necessarily always has a lot of clarity, again, until the final installment of the trilogies. So I think that with time and after episode nine comes out, in general, the tone and the conversation around this trilogy is going to change a lot. That was pretty much my only thought that I wanted to share. I've been thinking about it for a while and finally got around to recording it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Genevieve. And um, I'm glad you actually sat down and got to think about it because it, it's, it's a pertinent point. Fans, Some fans do have a problem with the clarity of the sequel trilogy. Kathleen Kennedy come, has come out and said, we've had the, you know, especially Palpatine, he's been in the works for a long time. They've wanted to use him for a long time. Um, so they've, they've known about it. But, people, but The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, do seem, to me anyway, like you know, markedly different films, which isn't a problem. But they feel like two films made by two different filmmakers. And mm. whose story are we telling? Ray or Kylo? And I, I, I get that. And it is... Both. There you go, both. Or we, or we made... Duality. Duality. Rose Tico. We love a bit of Rose. I do anyway. But um, oh. so... I mean, you've heard the voice, Mel, uh, Master Blywalker. So, obviously, the fans having uh, a, tr- a problem with the linearity of the narrative. Whose story are we telling? Uh, and uh, Genevieve actually brings up the point that actually it's more of a Star Wars issue rather than a sequel trilogy issue because... Oh, yeah. What did, well, first, well, before we go into that, what did you think about that initial comment about, you know, the clarity and, and whose story are we telling? I think my favourite point from the voicemail was that the third film seems to be the strongest. Yes. Right? It ties everything together because the first films, they kind of like begin the stories and stuff, um, but the third films tend to tie, tie everything together, answer all your questions, connects everything. And I'm a sucker for that kind of storytelling, right? So when when Genevieve sent us this voicemail, it makes so much sense, so much sense. Because, I mean, personally, my favourite prequel film is Revenge of the Sith. Yes, it's the so. third one. It's the third bit of the story. My favourite original trilogy film, Return of the Jedi. Now, occasionally, there'll be Empire Strikes Back, depending on my mood. But for mm. the most part, for the most part, it's Jedi. And I think Genevieve has an absolutely stellar point when she says that the third Star Wars film ties up everything. It answers people's questions. So the rest of the films, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, make perfect sense. Everyone goes, oh, right. That's what that means. We get it. For example, no one seems to talk about this anymore. But Luke kissed Leia. Do you really think? Do you really think Ugh. George had it figured out that they were brother and sister during the filming of Empire Strikes Back? No. What about no. Vader being Luke's dad? Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. No. The, he and he. Di- I doubt he thought that in A New Hope. I know. Have no idea. I know people. Different sources they say different things, right? But I genuinely feel like the rise of Skywalker. I'm telling you, mate. I have a good feeling about this one. 
episode nine. It's going to tie everything together. But it's not just tying this trilogy up. It's tying up the whole saga. We get a whole new meaning for episodes one to nine. Mm-hmm. And that is so special. So special. It's exciting, and I can uh, I can already feel the emotion welling up when you re- when, when when the end credits roll, and then you realise that's it. You know, I mean, forty years of storytelling for this for this family and this story and this saga is over. We're going to get wicked stories elsewhere, but it's been a special. It's going to be a special nine films, and all the memories as a kid and as a teenager growing up, um, and seeing the prequels and seeing the OT as a youngster, and obviously uh, being full-grown men going to watch the sequel trilogy and all those experiences are all going to be encapsulated in in episode nine pretty much because this is where the story ends but sure i have faith that jj is going to tie this up wonderfully i i, I really do and i wouldn't be surprised if he pulls uh, a stunt like jen marie mentioned in that star wars sessions extra interview where at the end of it yep. they basically just have all of the force ghosts there as the ultimate sort of a return of the jedi plus happy ending remember, hey remember qui-gon remember obi-wan remember yoda remember anakin remember luke hey look there they all are there here's the whole gang back together for the very last shot of the entire saga i wouldn't oh, be surprised if they pull that somehow i yeah i think it's i'd cry i bought, I'd I would, bought I would, my eyes out mate i would use luke's sleeve so to wipe my tears with um I think it's a duality as well. I think Ray it's Ray and Kylo's story. How that intertwines and becomes one, no idea just yet. Um I know Genevieve said that the title, The Rise of Skywalker, leans more towards Kylo, but we don't know Ray's story yet. Um and the more I think about it, the more I don't want it to be a Skywalker actually. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that would be making everything a little bit too small. Yeah, me too. In terms of like the canon, Star Wars films are different. I love canon. I, I'm a canon geek. I love all the books. I love reading all this, every bit of information I can get because it fills in those blanks. Some people say that's bad storytelling in the films, but you only get two, two and a half hours. You're going to put so much in. And with the universe this massive and um, so exploratory, the, the, they're supplementary. Most of the things that happen in the books aren't necessarily you know, revelationary, but they're, mm. so, they're exciting, they're interesting. Like the Aftermath trilogy gave us the Battle of Jakku. Jakku, and so the ba- Battlefront Jakku. Two. Does that change my opinion? Think, oh, the movies are wasted. No, because they are supplementary. If you don't know what happened in those books, it ain't going to impact what you think on the film. But if you watch those things, you're going to get little tidbits. And I'm looking forward to the the uh, journey to the Rise of Skywalker novels coming out to feed me a little bit, a bit more information about what's going on. Just so when I go into the episode nine, I will be a little bit, a little bit clued up, and a bit, uh, and little things may mean more. But I think this is a wicked, wicked voicemail, Genevieve, and I agree. Once the Rise of Skywalker slash Blywalk was released, people's thoughts towards this sequel trilogy are going to change. Of course, if the film yeah. comes out and it's absolute, you know, bad, people aren't going to like it. If it's mince, it's going to shake the ST in a bad way. I don't think it's going to be. That's just my thought. Not, I'm not It's not a fanboy thought. I just don't think it's going to be a bad film. But, um... I, I can see them just wrapping everything up. I think JJ and Chris have done their homework. We said that before. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Uh, there, 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 there does there seem to be. Of like Chris, there are reports of like Chris Terrio like carrying around like fat off canon books and Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. Books that's what, that's what we said last week. Yeah. During, during production and stuff. And it's just, it looks, it looks just incredible. It looks sublime. Um, and I've, I just have such an amazing feeling with this. And I tell you what, when it's all done and dusted, I tell you what, people are going to look at The Last Jedi and they're going to say, 
what a masterpiece not in totality like every star wars film none of it's perfect but they're going to look at the last jedi and they're like you know what the decisions they made in that film were brave and they were for the best of the franchise they were for the best of the saga yeah, and and I'm not the only one saying this. I said it on the weekend um, with with my friends. I saw on Saturday. Isaac said it. Lots of people have said it. And and I'm telling you, mate, that film is is going to be something. In a few years' time, they're going to look at that and go, "Do you know what? That actually I made think, some brave. I think you're right. They made some brave choices. And because of the choices that were made in the Last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker can be out there, and it can really finish off the saga." I'm telling you. I think I'm you're right. You. And just to finish off that point from Genevieve, shout out again for an awesome voicemail. The narrative is going to look bumpy because we're only two thirds into a trilogy. There's, you know, like, like we said, if the Rise of Skywalker comes out, connects up, like Luke's just said, if it connects things up, doesn't connect does not mean retcon. So I don't want to be misquoted there. If it comes out and connects the Last Jedi in a seemingly more pleasant way than to to the other films, then you know what might be what it might seem like already then it's done its job. There has been, there will be a through line. The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi does actually, it does actually merge together very well. At the end of The Last Jedi, the Resistance are evacuating and Rey's found Luke Skywalker. Straight off the bat, The Last Jedi, they're still evacuating. The First Order find them, Rey meets Luke, and then the space chase. So, it, they, so the films link perfectly well together. I think it's just sort of like, they, the, 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 stylistically, they don't mesh all that well, but, which which is a fair comment. Then the rise of which Skywalker is, is here, not to not to fix it, but to but to merge it all together in a beautiful little melting pot. And also, dude, like the, a new hope and the Empire Strikes Back. Like, for like, sure, yeah. Like the artistic difference. But the prequels and any of the films. Are you me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It looks so different. It looks so different. Like the only similarities is that the the the, peep, the actors are the same, the stormtroopers are the same, the outfits and the ships are the same. John that's Williams it. Is there. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, the Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith. The Phantom Menace was filmed on on film, and it's the last Star Wars film that looks like those old films because it's it was done on film. Whereas Revenge of the Sith and Clones is all done digitally, and you can tell that there's a difference, there's a disparity in the way that those films look. Minor, but the Phantom Menace looks more like the OT. Whereas the pre the uh, episodes two and three go off their own way, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you watch all nine in a row, they all look stylistically different. However, like I say, episode nine is here to tie them all up, and I think they're going to do it. Big time, big time, mate. Right, I think that's that that ties up that topic beautifully. It was a good topic. From shout out to Luke Shout out to Genevieve. Shout out to Jabba the Hutt. Whoop. Best best co-host in the galaxy. Oh, but I think that, that takes us beautifully to everybody's favourite segment, apart from the poetry bit, um, Session Socials. Absolutely. The big question was put out to the polls on Instagram. We asked you guys, is this Acto or Act No? <laughs> of course, we're referring to the Rise of Skywalker trailer with the Death Star scene, what we've just been talking about. And the results are in, and it's a landslide. Only 15% of you guys said yes. So there's a tear just slowly going down my face. And guess how many right said now. no, Luke? 85, mate. 85%. <laughs> Instagram didn't Delph. think this was up to. But what I will say... Maybe after our podcast, I'll change that. That will go up to know. 16%. But we had... There was a, there was a surge <laughs> towards the end, because originally this was more like 98% no. 
But before, sure. like, in the hours before the poll, because um, I was checking it out so I could get obviously these percentages ready, that I noticed that you know two, three, four more people were suddenly going yes, and one of them was Genevieve, um, which I'm sure we're going to hear from shortly. But so there was a little bit more of a groundswell towards the end, and maybe by the end of this, maybe we'll maybe we'll not convince a few more people, but maybe we'll sort of maybe I wasn't I had my mind open, I wasn't convinced it was Acto. Now I'm pleasantly open to the fact that this could be, and if it was. I wouldn't hate the idea. So, if anyone out there has been has seen as a force has touched any of you guys, let us know. Yeah, the, these don't surprise me. No, these these comments don't surprise me whatsoever. Whatsoever. Should we hear so, something? Mate, mate, let's let's go through these bad boys. The best listeners in the galaxy. Best listeners in the galaxy. Jacob's Quest says that's an interesting theory. Kind of seems like Luke would have said something though. Hmm. Yeah, we, we said that as well. The underscore Slafer. That's a stretch. It makes more sense for that to be the moon of Endor or maybe a planet close to Endor. So we never mentioned a planet close to Endor, though. Interesting. Hmm. True, true. Seth uh, Bazakowitz, uh I think that's how that's pronounced. I apologise if I have probably most definitely butchered that name. Anyway, he says, why does everyone want, want to go back to Arctu? <laughs> With a photo of the incredible-looking Finn attached. Oh, Fantastic. Actu. Everyone got to Actu. Jocasta who? Regular listener, top man. Uh, would have been a blast and a half. But there are some visual similarities, which we mentioned there mm. are. For sure. Kelly Hostin, regular listener, says, Oh boy, I guess bits could travel through space and pass through planetary atmosphere. But that's a big piece. Fair play. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, here she comes. A led, a Hertfordshire legend. KT one two zero. Well, the overall look doesn't look that much different from Octo, so I could believe it. Another visual, another visual similarity. Uh, follower. Yeah, for sure, it makes sense. Up next, we've got Rob Wade, who replied to that with, "Doesn't feel likely that if Ray was drawn to the dark energy on the planet, it'd be from a hole in the ground rather than say." The dying location of the supreme evil in the galactic history. Fair comment. Fair comment. Yep, yeah, the, there's pros and cons to this whole argument. High ground memes came out of this banger. Ah, that'd be cool, to be honest. Yeah, fair play. Sorry. And we've already listened from this legend already, Genevieve Theresa Remy, saying when I first when I first saw the trailer, that's what I thought it was, mate. Confirmed. You're always on the money, Genevieve. Genevieve and Kelly seem to be our go-to people. Let's just get them in a room and let's get as many theories off them as possible. Um, oh, okay, here he comes. Anthony, oh, a mate. rural farm boy. We know what he thinks about speculation, but he simply dropped a gif saying, ah, uh, no. And I'd like to imagine that in his accent. And before we go to the next one, and... Where's our voicemail, mate? We miss your voice. Come on, get on? your act together. We want to. We want to hear from you, mate. We want that to hear that sweet Western Pennsylvania accent. Get it ready for next week, sir. Next, next week, next week. Up next, we got Eveline Jared or Evelyn Jared saying, "No, it should be Endor, maybe." Got a love for mm. Endor. Chewbacca ate yeah. my lunch. That's not a statement. That's the guy's name. No chance. Not logical. Endor or Yavin Four. Most likely Endor, considering we heard the Emperor's laugh. So uh, not yeah. much, not much love for Yavin Four, but lots of people going of Endor. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've already stated my piece on the Endor thing and and the whole theory, but 
again, I get why people would say Andor. It, it does make sense when you, when you first think about it. And, and hey, I, I could be completely proven wrong. But that's the fun in speculating, right? That's the fun. It is far-fetched. We know that. It's a curveball. It's come out of left field. But that's why, uh, that's why Luke threw it at me in my inbox and said, check this out, big man. And I can see why, because it's, it gets the conversation going. It isn't just, oh, I wonder if Luke Skywalker will have a blue lightsaber if he comes back. We want stuff like this, which gets to, with the creativity flowing. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Jeno again for that. And also, thank you guys once again for taking time out of your busy, busy days to send us a little message, whether it's a voice message or whether it's a written message, or even just the guys who listen. Uh, we love every single one of you and your engagement. So thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, thank you so, so much. But that takes us to another favourite of the podcast. It's none other than who did Vader kill this week? I mean, canon character (laughs) spotlight. It's the Vader Deadpool section. It's canon character spotlight. You know it, you love it. If you don't know it, you're going to love it. It's the moment, it's a section in the podcast where Luke and myself, we are handed a, a random, and I generally mean random, character in canon, and it could be a guy on page 264 of Thrawn Treason, or it could be Emperor Palpatine or Anakin Skywalker themselves. What all we do is we shine a little light on them, introduce them to you guys, or just shout them out a little bit. So, Luke, who did you get for your canon character for this week? Mate, I got none other than Balatik. <laughs> yes. You, you know him. Oh. You've heard of him. And if you're scratching your head thinking, that sounds a little familiar... Mate, listen up. Balatik was a human male that served the criminal Guavian death gang as a leader and frontman during the reign of the New Republic. During his time with the gang, he encountered the smuggler Han Solo and managed to shake several profitable leads out of him. Though he, the smuggler eventually took out a loan of 50,000 credits from the gang in order to hunt raftars for King Prana. Less than a year before the First Order's attack on the village of Tuanul in 34 ABY, Balatik was on the planet Kadak and was approached by four members of Kanja Club, a criminal group with whom the gang were often in conflict. Kanja Club's leader, Tarsu Leech, had overheard the protocol droid C-3PO mention that Solo had borrowed money from the Guardian death gang and revealed to Balati that the smuggler had also borrowed 50,000 credits from Kanja Club to hunt Raftars. The two groups of criminals found common ground in their hatred of Solo and agreed to confront him together over his debts with Leech and Balatik shaking hands on the agreement. The gang followed Solo and eventually boarded his Erevana freighter to confront him before the ship was overrun by Raftars, allowing Solo to escape with the fugitives Ray, Finn and the Millennium Falcon, plus with his debts unpaid. Notable appearances, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Tell that to Kanja Club. and at the end of every podcast if you listen to the end of every one of these shows Balatik shows up every at the end of every episode but I love that man I love him and his his Scottish accent Han Solo I love it love it you're a dead man Uh, that was Scottish by the way (laughs) I ended up with Rio Durant who was a four-armed Ardenian pilot who lived during the reign of the Galactic Empire Durant carried out dangerous missions alongside the scoundrel Tobias Beckett for years 
and was good-natured <laughs> and up for any challenge. Rio was a veteran of the Freedom Sons, an independent army which assisted the Galactic Art Republic's Grand Army during the Clone Wars. But since it paid no pension, hmm, he turned to a life of crime for income and applied his military skills there. Monkey didn't get a pension. At some time during his life of crime, Rio tried to steal Tobias Beckett and Val Speeder, but they were impressed and Rio ended up joining the gang. They formed a crew which carried out risky though profitable heists, heists particularly running jobs for infamous crime syndicate Crimson Dawn. Ten years before the Battle of Yavin, during a battle on the swamp planet Mimban, Rio infiltrated the swamp troopers along with Beckett and Val. There, hey look at this, they met the young Han Solo who wanted to join their crew, which he did along with Chewbacca. During a conveyance heist on Vandor to steal the valuable Quaxium, Rio was shot and fatally wounded by the marauder Barouge Pork. Before passing, Rio asked Han for forgiveness, saying to the young man that he truly was a better pilot than him, and proclaimed that the Val was correct in her belief that nobody should die alone, reaffirming Han's goal of returning to Corellia to find Kira. After he and Val died, Beckett had graves graves placed for them, with Durant's having his goggles hung off the stick that marked it. Notable appearances, Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, mate, one absolute legend. Who, of course, is voiced by none other than Jon Favreau, writer for The Mandalorian. This whole episode ties in. We've got Favreau, we've got all these solo links coming up. We've got voicemails coming in, which link into the subject. This is awesome. We've got Sith Troopers, we've got Palpatine not dying, we've got Sith Troopers... We got Palpatine. We got theories. We got, we got Palpatine. Exactly. We've got Octo. We've got the Death Star. We've got Palpatine. I mean, we've got everything we could possibly. We've got Genevieve. We've got Palpatine. Yeah, and I've heard we have yeah. something else, even better, even more legendary: oh, the rise of Curtis. The rise of. I'm not going to do it. I was going to do always, always. Anyway, I'll do that bit after. Curtis, Star Wars poet, punch it. Padme. Seriously? A woman so strong, it still makes me mad that a character like this would just die of the sad. I strive for even-handed and to never seem mean, but it takes a man on a deadline to write that death scene. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry, Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Oh, a man whose voice wields so much authority, he ordered a Big Mac at Burger King and got one. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for that. And Padme, seriously, yes, she died of sadness after everything that she went through. She died of being sad. So there's Curtis throwing some serious shade at our favourite senator. Always Curtis, always a legend. Always a legend. Thank you, Curtis, once again. Keep them coming. We've got loads more good ones for you. But yeah, sadly, guys, that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions for this week. But the fun doesn't end there because we've got some bangers lined up for the next few weeks. But no one is ever really gone. Where can the world find us? Master Blywalker. They can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a voice note or a message to our email address, sws at whatawatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws 
at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Thank you, sir. We are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere in the galaxy you can find the podcast, we are there. Uh, and if you love our show, please give us a good review on your podcast platform of choice because it really helps us an awful, awful lot. Yeah, absolutely. And please, please, please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell your colleagues, tell your sand people, tell your cousin. The more, the merrier, the spicier. Tell that to Candy Club. This is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time from me, it's Sia and from Luke. May the force be with you. Always. They are Essex based podcast heroes. generations live in you now. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>